Hello, welcome to my Sober Militia podcast. Today's episode is called Alcoholism, a Codependent Relationship. We have all heard the term codependency before. Some of us may have even heard ourselves referred to as codependent, but what does it really mean? Codependency, simply defined, is a relationship where one person needs another person and the other person needs to be needed. In essence, without the other, the other cannot survive. Of course, this is not a literal case of life and death, but to the people in a codependent relationship, it may feel that way. I would be willing to bet all of us at one time or another were involved in a codependent relationship with someone or something. Yes, I believe we can have a codependent relationship with something. Generally, we associate the term with a relationship between two people, but I believe that does not always have to be the case, especially if the thing has a life of its own. Take for example, alcohol. Before I dive further into this, let's take a moment to to define codependency. Codependent, noun, a psychological condition or a relationship in which a person is controlled or manipulated by another who is affected by a pathological condition. The term is widely used when referring to a person who is in a relationship with someone who is an addict. The addict needs the other person to help maintain any semblance of normal living, but the other person needs the addict to need them. This relationship fosters a myriad of unhealthy outcomes, none of which benefit either party in any way. Along with the definition, it is important to also consider the signs associated with codependency. Having poor self-esteem, needing the other to feel better, difficulty saying no, feeling trapped, denial. Do any of these things sound like the relationship you have had with alcohol? Unfortunately, the list goes on and on, but for the sake of this blog, I thought I would focus on what I deem to be the most poignant in regard to our relationship with alcohol. Some of these characteristics may not apply to you. Feel free to make your own list and use your list to evaluate your own codependent relationship with alcohol. We cannot fix a toxic relationship until we understand what makes it toxic in the first place. Signs and Symptoms In a codependent relationship, there are two participants. For our purposes here, the first is the enabler, alcohol, and the second is the enabled, addict. The enabler helps maintain the status quo of the enabled, or it further perpetuates the behavior of the enabled. You may ask how the enabler in this scenario needs the enabled. Well, without us addicts, alcohol could not survive, could it? Poor self-esteem. Feeling worthless, unwanted, or incompetent is a horrible way to walk through life. It leaves a person feeling extremely lonely. We, the enabled, use alcohol, the enabler, 
to erase those feelings of inadequacy, to numb the pain, and to pretend we are worthy of something even though we know, in our mind, we are not worthy. Alcohol becomes our best friend. We need it to carry on through our lives ravaged with poor self-esteem. Little do we know, of course, alcohol only continues to feed and lower our self-esteem. Needing alcohol to feel better. How many times have we been in a situation where we felt out of place, lost, or simply uncomfortable, and knew alcohol would fix everything? It is one of the most prolific uses of alcohol to make us feel better, stronger, or like we fit in. Without the enabler, we would avoid doing the things we needed to do. We would act in ways that would make us outsiders. We would go to extreme measures to avoid uncomfortable situations, even if we knew those situations would benefit us in some way. Without the enabler, we were unable to be the person we wanted to be. Difficulty saying no. I think this goes without saying, but the addict cannot say no to the enabler, whatever form it comes in. This is kind of the whole problem, isn't it? The enabled not only believes they need the enabler to survive, they cannot say no even when it is clearly a bad decision. Some of us can say no for a period of time, but some of us cannot. Regardless of which category you fall into, all of us cannot say no once we succumb to the enabler. The enabler knows this, and it uses it against us. That little voice in our head telling us to repeatedly do stupid shit? Yeah, that's the enabler. Once it gets in our head, we have a long journey ahead of us. It's not a hopeless journey, and the journey is different for everyone, but a journey lies in wait, nonetheless. Feeling trapped. One of the quintessential pieces of a codependent relationship is feeling we are trapped. With addiction, once the voice gets in our head and the codependent relationship starts to evolve, our inner self begins to feel trapped, even if only on a subconscious level. We start to ask the question, do I have a problem? Even though the enabler has turned us into master manipulators to get what we want, deep down, we know we have a problem. It's the fact that we know we cannot solve the problem that makes us feel trapped. We try to escape in varying ways, but we never succeed. With each failed attempt, we sink deeper and deeper into the trap intentionally set for us by the enabler. Until we see or believe there is a way out, we remain stuck. Denial. Of course, no codependency is complete without the use of denial for purposes of self-preservation. It begins with our own insecurities and low self-esteem. It gets further solidified once we begin to feel trapped. The easiest way to deal with the myriad of negative emotions associated with all this is to deny it is happening. We say things like, I don't have a problem. I can control my addiction if I want to. I'm not one of those people. 
We have to say these things to keep us from feeling even more worthless than we did before the enabler took hold of us. Interestingly, it is the single act that holds the most power. It effectively prevents us from taking the first step toward walking away from our codependent relationship with alcohol. Treatment, otherwise known as recovery. Obviously, this is incredibly personal and up to each individual's own beliefs, background, and journey. Today, there is a multitude of avenues available to the addict for treating their codependency with alcohol. There are some programs available with strict guidelines to follow and the potential for sponsorship to help us along our way. Other programs offer a more fluid structure with a choose-your-own-adventure approach to treatment. Additionally, there are other plans that deviate from the traditional program approach and encourage us to find our own program which is more in line with what I did. Regardless of how we approach our treatment or recovery, there are some commonalities between them all. We have to recognize, acknowledge, and accept a problem exists before we can even begin to approach ways to fix it. First, let go of the negative stigma formerly attached to alcoholism. Understand there is a massive community of non-judgmental and supportive people already waiting and willing to help us. We have all been there. We understand what each other is going through and we want to help. All we have to do is reach out. It doesn't stop there though. Knowing we have a problem and reaching out is only the first phase of our treatment. The next phase involves engaging with the problem. We engage by growing our knowledge base around our codependent behavior. Some people say to focus on the chemical effects of alcohol and the science behind its effects on our minds and bodies. I agree, but I suggest taking it a step further. Not only do we need to understand the science behind alcohol, we also need to understand the psychology of our minds. We have to understand what got us into the codependent relationship in the first place. Remember, alcohol was not there in the beginning. Other things were going on in our lives and our minds first. It was because of those things we found, developed, and fostered a relationship with alcohol. It was only a matter of time before codependency took place. Understanding how we see ourselves, the world around us, and our relationship with alcohol is the fundamental key to successful sobriety. Once we understand the negative effects of alcohol and how our minds work, we can finally begin to recover. In recovery, we begin to learn new strategies and coping mechanisms to deal with the trials and tribulations associated with life. We understand it's okay to not feel well sometimes. We learn to embrace those moments because those moments afford us the ability to truly embrace the other times when we feel good. In recovery, we quickly learn we have the potential to experience far more good days than bad. This leads us to learn gratitude. With gratitude comes even more good things. Things like love, friendship, accomplishment, appreciation, value, worth, 
and high self-esteem. This all culminates in a desire to want to give back and be of service to those who come after you in the sober community. Helping others completes the circle and around and around we go. Kiss. If this sounds overly simplified to you, good. That's what I'm going for. As humans, we tend to overthink things. As addicts, we tend to get in our own way. I'm reminded of the old acronym K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. I'm also reminded of the principle of Occam's razor. Of two explanations that account for all the facts, the simplest explanation tends to be correct. Isn't that a subjective principle? I can believe sobriety to be easy, or I can believe sobriety to be a lifelong journey of recovery. Both experiences exist, both can be correct, but only one can be viewed as simple. Which belief do you choose to employ on your journey? I want to start by saying that the phrase I used throughout this blog of uh, relationship with alcohol uh, has been derived mostly from Annie Grace's book, This Naked Mind, something I've uh, mentioned and referred to many times throughout all my blogs. But she was the one that first put that idea in my head about what our relationship with alcohol is and using that to help inform the way we're seen, the way we act and the things we do in regard to alcohol and consequently the world around us. So I was thinking about that a little bit this morning, just that phrase, our relationship with alcohol. And I started thinking about it a little deeper and I started to come up with that idea of uh, codependency because I don't know about most people, but for me, I've always heard that in reference to people, relationships with other people. And a lot of times it did have to do with alcoholics or addicts and the relationships they have with people who are not and how they tend to need each other. But then I just started thinking about the relationship we have with alcohol. And it's been one of the things I've stated many times as being one of the reasons my sobriety has been so much easier than I hear a lot of other people's experiences have been. And so I started thinking about the codependency aspect of a person with alcohol because they do feed off each other and they both do need each other. From alcohol's side of, of the relationship, it's a little different, but if people don't need alcohol, then alcohol doesn't exist. So it does need us to be addicted, which is similar to codependency between people. So from there, I just kind of ran with it and I started thinking, what are all the things that happen to an addict? The way we think, the way we see, the way we feel. And all of those kind of aligned with signs and symptoms of somebody who's in a codependent relationship. So that's what kind of drove me to want to write about that today and just kind of play with the idea and see how it fleshed out. And I, I like the way that it worked. 
um, because I think it's important to, you know, see it for what it is. And in all those examples I used about how our relationship with alcohol tends to mirror that of a codependent relationship with another person, you know, the idea of having poor self-esteem. So needing somebody or something there to boost us up, uh, needing the other to feel better. You know, difficulty saying no, that's obvious with an, with an alcoholic or an addict. Uh, feeling trapped once we've gone down that road and we can't stop. You know, how many times do we, you know, hear the people talking about day one again, right? It's because we can't say no for a while. And of course, the idea of denial is massive in this one, because I think that truly is the, the step that prevents people from moving forward is if you don't think you have a problem, then you'll never be able to grow, right? You have to know that there's an, an issue there. And in this circumstance, we're thinking about the relationship with alcohol being toxic uh, because it's codependent. And so they just, you know, as I dove into this deeper and deeper, I started to realize there really is just a huge correlation between the two. And it's not that it's any kind of a new idea. I'm sure people have talked about this before, but it was my kind of way of approaching it that, you know, hopefully is new or bring true to somebody who's read it or listened to this podcast and kind of can see it is like that is part of the whole problem right is is that relationship piece you know how we view alcohol um, if we view it as something we need to feel better or to boost our self-esteem uh, then we are going to struggle ever letting it go much like a person would in a codependent relationship and they say you know People in codependent relationships often need therapy to get through it. And the same could be true in this circumstances. You know, I use therapy to uh, help me get through my addictions. And it worked very well. But ultimately, it comes down to that choice of looking at this thing and seeing it as a toxic relationship. And that kind of tied into how I started to see alcohol outside of myself too. Once I kind of realized, Hey, this is not something I want around me. Then I started to witness and see all the different avenues and ways in which alcohol is perpetuated in society. And, uh, from, you know, everyone around us as this thing that we need to have in order to, to, to live well. And the more I saw that, the more I wanted nothing to do with it. And so it just became this kind of domino. Um, but it started with me knowing and understanding that my relationship with it was toxic and I needed to make that change. And that's a hard thing to do. You know, as, as I talked about in the blog, you know, feeling trapped can be a helpless place because as long as you feel trapped or feel you cannot get away from it, I feel like the deeper you fall into that trap and that just kind of keeps self-perpetuating too. So seeing it as something that you don't want and then taking those steps necessary to start making changes and pulling yourself away from it and getting out of that relationship is the first step. And then once you find that you can live without it and you can have a relationship that's healthier with yourself, then that's when I think you can really start to dive in and really see the differences in how we view the world and how we view something like alcohol, nicotine or drugs and how they just have no use or place in our lives anymore. 
And that too becomes a self-perpetuating kind of idea. The more we realize how much we don't need it, that grows more and more too. To the point where I believe you can recover from this whole thing. And I wrote about that recently too. And that's where I feel like I am. And I'll be honest in saying that I think I'm early in saying that. Um, I think most people would look at my length and sobriety and say, you don't know yet. You know, you haven't been, you haven't done it long enough. And, you know, for them, that may be true. But from my point of view, where I'm at, I am recovered. I don't care how long I've been alcohol free. Um, it's just not a place, doesn't have a place in my life. And it never will. Because I've, I see it for what it is. I see my life for what it is without it. And I know that I'm better off. No matter what, no matter how bad things get, I will deal with them better living the life the way I'm living now. And that's a beautiful place to be, you know. And it starts with understanding your relationship with alcohol. And if you still see it as a positive, it's still a codependent relationship. And it's going to be a struggle. Got to let go of that piece first. So thank you guys for reading my blog, listening to my podcast. I appreciate the support, as always, uh, more than you could possibly know. Um, look forward to digging more into this, finding new ways to approach this idea that I'm still trying to kind of grasp and you know articulate between the idea of uh, easy sobriety and how to help people see that as a potential possibility. And I'll keep doing it until I figure it out, I think is where I'm at. So I hope you guys will be patient and put up with me until I figure it out. And then hopefully one day we'll throw it out there in the world and people just start grabbing onto it, running with it, experiencing easy sobriety, and people start talking about it like that instead of how hard it can be. Anyway, hope you guys are all doing well. One more day. we got a weekend coming up. Hope you are ready for it and you have some great plans. As always, stay staying, stay strong, stay safe, stay sober. Thank you.